You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, as always, with your host, Jeff Floyd, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Um, Guys, you jump in the car, uh, buckle up, turn the key, ask that stereo, play the most recent episode of Locked On Browns, and they will take care of that voice activation, guys. It's been a key to us, and like I say... Let's all get lazier, as technology allows us to. Joining me here this evening, um, from the Browns Wire, from the Texans Wire, Lions Wire, Real GM. Look, I could do 30 minutes just on listening, probably where he writes. Uh, Jeff Risen, guys, joining us here this evening. We do actually have some Browns news, and we're going to get into that to start us off here. Uh, Jeff, uh, I-, I guess we'll go with the the staying first before the going. Um, Greg, uh, Greg Robinson, uh, one-year deal. He will be in the fold for one more year. It, there's a lot of questions, whether it ends up being long-term, things of that nature. Um, first thing for me, Jeff, is I'm kind of happy about it. And when this signing initially went down, oh, the Browns signed Greg Robinson. Yeah, well, good luck. If there's ever going to be a, guy, a place you're going to resurrect your career, we'll all bet it's going to be Cleveland and you're going to write the ship there. But we saw it with two guys, and uh, look, Greg Robinson back in the fold. Uh, maybe this is a one-year deal where maybe one of the other linemen move on after the season, or he moves on after the season. Obviously, you know, Corbett's in the fold here, but Greg Robinson sticking around for another season here in Cleveland. Yeah, I'm happy for I'm happy for him. First off, exactly. That's uh, the that was the best part about him and Paraman is nobody likes to see the bust, but when you see the guys kind of shake, kind of shake that label off. You feel good for them. Absolutely. You know, he's dealt with a lot of pressure. Uh, I covered him when he was in Detroit, and he was terrible. Um, there, there's no two ways around it. He was awful. Uh, he played um, when Taylor Decker, the former Buckeye, um, was, was hurt at the beginning of 2017, and, and Robinson came in, and he, was, he, was, he looked like a guy who'd never played before. The, he, he went forward. On, his first step was forward every time. He was easily beaten. He couldn't sustain blocks. It was awful. So when I saw that the Browns signed, I was like, okay, well, you know what? This is probably his last shot at saving his career because he washed out of, of the Rams quickly. Uh, the Lions didn't even keep him for a year. It was just, you know, good riddance. And, and no Lions fan missed him. And here he comes, and, and, you know, he's got huge shoes to fill in Joe Thomas. And I, I think it helped him that Desmond Harrison sort of couldn't prove that he couldn't do the job yet. And, you know, okay, well, we got to try something here. Let, let, let's let G. Rob run at it. And he was okay. He wasn't great, but he was he was good in pass protection. And if you're gonna if you're gonna have one thing that you do well at left tackle is protect Baker Mayfield, protect the passer. He did that very well. He can't run block. He still can't run block. That's that's one of the reasons why he's not signed long term. The other is that he had three years where he was terrible. He was one of the worst players in the league at his position. If you're gonna trust your future, you know, and, and make a huge investment on it, you probably want to see more than eight games of good tape. And uh, I, I, I'm happy that the Browns only signed him for one year. I think it is a, still a prove-it time for him. But he earned the right to prove it. He, he earned the, the opportunity to come back, to be the projected starter going into it in the 2019. And I, I think you can feel comfortable with him as your left tackle. I don't think he's the long-term solution. I don't think he's proven that yet. He's got a shot to do that. He's got a shot to, to earn a lot of money for himself this coming year. I'm glad he's doing it in Cleveland, and I hope that it works out for him. Yeah, and that's the thing, and and I think for Freddie, uh, what Freddie Kitchens is like. Look, you know, I've been an offensive guy, you know, most of my time here, so hopefully I can keep 
what I did well here, which is the offensive side of the ball, intact because he's going to have to nose around and he's going to have to you know, look at his secondary. He's going to have to look at his linebacker. He's going to have to look at his defensive line play. So in order to make it easier for him to have to now get out of his realm and start nosing around other places is go with what worked for you. And we're going to find out, you know, were there wrinkles that other teams may now know on tape? We're going to see that. Um, also, maybe it's a testament on the offensive line class. We, we keep saying year in, year out, it seems harder and harder to find true left tackles. So maybe they just said, hey, one year, Greg's here. If we find somebody and he ends up being better, you know, that is what it is. But Greg Robinson, even with this contract, and if he at least shows himself admirably, measurably this year. Now, this is a guy who could have been easily out of the league by now, but may end up kicking around long enough where you're talking eight, nine, ten years in the league. And, you know, God bless him because a year ago, I mean, he was almost on the side of the road, left for dead. Yeah. Do you remember Tony Mandarich and what what a big colossal bust he was for early on in his career? And, and then, then he came back. And then he, <laughs> then he, then it, it took him some time, but he, he latched on with the Colts. And before he got hurt, he wanted to be in a decent player for them for a couple of years, and I think that's that's the tack that Greg Robinson has taken with the Browns. And uh, you know, God bless him for for staying with it, for improving himself. He looked to be in a little bit better shape last summer when I saw him out at, in Berea at training camp. I think that uh, he trusted his technique a little bit more. He's been working with with with, uh, with Charles Bentley out there in Arizona at the offensive line performance school, which does great work has done, done wonders with a lot of people, and he, he's another success story for it. Um, but does it mean that they don't have to take a, a, an offensive tackle in this draft? Heck no. No. They still have to get something in it. Now they still have to figure out what to do with Austin Corbett, and I think that's something that we're going to chew on for a long time, what's going on with that guy. Um, as you know, I liked him a great deal last year. I do think he can play left tackle in this league, but uh, the, the regime last year did not. We'll see if Freddie changes on that. And, and you know, this is another chance – Maybe they're buying another year to find out what they have to do with Corbett. Maybe they're buying a year to see if, if you know, what, what goes on with Chris Hubbard, who didn't play to expectations or salary level in his first year in Cleveland. There's a lot of options that they have now. They still need to take an offensive tackle, but at 17, like you said, you know, you're, you're always looking for that natural stud left tackle. Probably not going to find that at 17, but maybe you get a guy like Greg Little or Jawan Taylor. Uh, he'll probably be gone, but... Those are guys who probably need a little bit of time to adjust to the NFL level, but could be really good in time. You've bought that time with Greg Robinson, so I, I, I really do like the move. I think it's a smart move by Dorsey and a smart move by Robinson for staying where he's comfortable. Um, I, I think Joe Thomas said it the other day very nicely. You know, they understood he understood what Baker Mayfield needed out of his left tackle, and he did his best at doing that. And uh, that's important. That that level of trust there, that level of commitment to to helping Baker. Yeah, that, that's that's a win all around. And look, the other thing is not going to hurt you to have, you know, even if Austin Corbett isn't a day one starter, the Browns in 2019, they were extremely fortunate health-wise in the offensive line. They chose their starters week in, week out, through week one, through week 17. That's not normally the norm. Normally it's, oh man, well, you know, now we're, gotta, now we're in a bind. That's not necessarily going to happen in 2019. If you got lucky this year, Usually the luck's going to show up the other way, you know, and get you next year. And there's going to be somebody out for three to four weeks, and you're going to have to make a move. And there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but uh, now that we, we've established the, you know, the staying, 
Uh, Andrew Berry, a bright, bright mind. Um, obviously, his goal one day most likely is to be a general manager of an NFL franchise. That opportunity right now is not here in Cleveland. He's moving off to Philly, and, you know, young guy, bright, and I think, well, at least we hope. I mean, you know, let's get rid of some of these old and thinking and just the way they don't adapt. Yes, New York Giants, I'm talking to you. Um, but Andrew Barry <laughs> makes his way off to the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I'm, I'm happy for him. He's a young guy. He, he was a Sashi guy. He's the quote-unquote analytics Ben. He's a Harvard guy. Um, was was a guy who was long considered to be a GM candidate. Uh, it's obviously not going to happen for him in Cleveland. Like you said, you got John Dorsey, but also the, the Packer guys that he brought in, Highsmith and Wolf, um, they're above him. And uh, it, it behooves him to take an opportunity. He's going to be the vice president of football operations, which is a big-time stepping stone. It's a promotion from where he was at in Cleveland. He's going to basically be the assistant general manager and, and make a lot of decisions and have a lot of input for a very good, successful team, uh, a team that, that you know is, is a Super Bowl contender. Uh, the interesting thing to me is that he's going to Philadelphia. He was part of the group that thought that, that uh, Carson Wentz wasn't good enough. Yeah. Now, that should make they, for a, they, fun, they, a fun initial meeting. Yeah, that, that's going to be fun for the Philly media to chew on because uh, that's, they're very sensitive about that. And what do they do with Nick Foles? Um, you know, do they commit to Carson Wentz when he gets hurt all the time? That, 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 that's the fun in Mr. Barry's life now. But he will be a GM um, in a couple of years somewhere. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Uh, he, he's a very bright guy. I, I only actually ever met him once. I didn't know it was him when I met him either. And I'm like, wow, this, this guy's really sharp, man. Who was that? And that's Andrew Barry. Like, oh, oh, light bulb went out of my head. Okay, now I know why everybody likes him so much. So I'm, I'm happy for him. They, the Browns. He was a bit of a superfluous entity with the Browns. They have the guys around him um, who are Dorsey's boys who, who sort of did everything that, that he would be doing. So uh, I, I get why he left, and I, I don't think there's going to be this urgent need to replace him on the eve of the combine. Yeah, and well, the, the question now is, I mean, you know, it, it is weird maybe at the time, but look, it, you know, you're never going to fault a guy for going for something better and looking out for himself. So, you know, all the best to him. Uh, I do want to credit uh, Jared Mueller here. Um, most of us knew about this Friday, and we knew about it Friday because of Jared Mueller. Jared was That's also right. the one who dropped me the the message the day of the Kareem Hunt signing and said, hey, you might want to be ready today because uh, your world's about to yeah. get rocked. And you guys knew, yep. knew, knew what my thoughts were. You knew what my thoughts were, and yes. So uh, Jared Mueller, fantastic job, guys, over at the OBR. Um, well, Jared, I can, he's great. He's, he's my combine roommate, so uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm always happy to hear from you. You're going to have to be good for him. You're going to have to be good to him. Just lost his dog, so come on, Jeff. You're going to have to be good to him. Show him the I, town. I, I, I will throw him a bone, especially if it brings me some of his wife's delicious baked goods. She's awesome. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, see, now look at that. See, now you're learning to do the, uh, the, the tit for tat. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Guys, iTunes rating reviews, always appreciated. Always need them. So go ahead. Drop me a five-star over on iTunes with the ratings and reviews for Lockdown Browns. Thank you so much. Now, Jeff, obviously headed out to Indy here shortly. Um, every combine's different. Um, every positional group is different, which makes it every year it's not the same thing. Um, I guess we'll start with this. Um, Quarterback-wise, and look, hey, Lions-wise, Browns-wise, thank God you ain't got to dip your foot in this pool is the first thing I'm saying with this quarterback class. Um, <laughs> yes. 
Yes, yes, yes. There's just no doubt about it. Um, look, obviously, Kyler Murray's going to be a big story, and he literally might just show up for interviews and meetings and get weighed in. Um, then there's Dwayne Haskins. Just give me a couple thoughts here on the quarterback class because let's see where all these poor chums are, these teams who have to find one. Yeah, um, I, I, and I tweeted something out today that was more negative than I wanted it to be on Haskins. I like Dwayne Haskins. I think he's going to be a good NFL player. He, he has a chance to be a very good NFL quarterback, uh, but he's not ready yet to take that role. He is somewhere between where, where last year, and I'm just evaluating their readiness for the NFL and, and handling the, you know, taking over a, a struggling franchise. He's going to be a top five pick. Um, taking over a franchise in that shape, I think he's behind where Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen were in terms of the offense that he's coming from, what he's been asked to do, um, his ability to go off schedule when his pocket and protection break down and, or when his primary right read isn't there is not there yet. doesn't mean he won't get there, but he has some work to do. But I, I really do like his upside. I think he can be a very good NFL quarterback. He's the only guy that I see that with in this class. Kyler Murray is fast, fascinating dude. Has a lot of really fun things to watch. But I'm going to play old old school NFL guy here. It's not you, though. But everybody who's our age, it's, wow, he's really fun. But, oh, my. I can't see, like, like can you imagine Bill Polian using him? No. Can you imagine <laughs> Bill Parcells using him? No. Um, and that those are the people, those are the formative, you know, talent evaluators of, of our youth. And our football times, it's hard. It's going to be hard for anybody from those trees to use Kyler Murray to the best of his abilities. And if you try to use him, um, if you try to make him a pocket passer, yes, he can throw from the pocket. He's got a great arm. He has very good field vision. And I think he handles pressure well. But the fact that he's going to be five nine and three quarters, five ten, um, apparently over two hundred pounds, but probably you know will pee 10 pounds of that off by the time he gets to his pro day. You know, that, that, there's, um, and, and just the, he has one year of starting experience. That also factors in here. Uh, it comes from a very quarterback-friendly system. Now, obviously, it worked, worked damn well for Baker Mayfield. I'm certainly not going to criticize Oklahoma's offense from that standpoint. But others have not necessarily transitioned from that um, all that well, that, that whole air raid, you know, Mike Leach-based tree. There's a lot of a lot of questions around him. Uh, the fact that he can go back to baseball if it's not working out, if he doesn't like where he's drafted um, for for whatever reason, there, there, there's so many questions with him that I don't see it working for him in the NFL. I hope I'm wrong on that. It proves me wrong because he's God, he's fun, um, and he's got a lot of things. That I really he reminds me some of of you'll remember Jeff Garcia back in the day okay. was was a non-traditional quarterback who sort of did things his own way, was small, uh, but but carved himself a nice career. And I think he's he's higher end than, than Jeff Garcia's high end. But I, I think the low end and, and the, just all the detractions that are there are going to be really tough for NFL people to overcome, uh, more than uh, those of us in the draft media and, and those of us who, who want to see fun in the NFL. You, you want you that, F, that F to stand for fun more than it stands for some other things with this league that we have to cover. Yeah, well, and the thing with Murray is like, there's times and you watch and it's like, okay, well, there's some Patrick Mahomes here. But he's yeah. he's a dwarf version of Patrick Mahomes. And the, the same issues he's got with football are the same issues he had with baseball. He really only had one season of collegiate baseball. So there's 
it's the same thing. And look, I mean, maybe another year of doing both would have better defined him and maybe established him in understanding where he was best a fit. Um, but look, I mean, you know, he wouldn't be the first sub six foot quarterback. Um, maybe there's the perfect spot for him. I keep looking. I'm not sure where it is. Um, but maybe yeah, it does I'm with ex- you on that, Jeff. I, I don't know where to put him. That you know, yeah. I, I, I I'm I'm intrigued by the Raiders, but at the same time, that means you've dumped Derek Carr, who's paid what 120 million dollars. Yes, that's not an easy that's not an easy thing to swallow. And you're dumping um, Derek Carr for what? Like like what right. did Derek Carr do? Like that all of a sudden, it's not like he was the issue. It was the issue was he never had anything going right, and now you just got John Gruden who wants to put his stamp on things. And, well, that's great. Well, go ahead. Draft Kyler Murray with one of these three first-round picks. And if it doesn't work out and you're in Vegas, now a franchise is relocated. You've got a coach around for eight more years. You don't have a quarterback. And it's just continually going to be the twirling water in the toilet. Yeah. that it, it, It's a tough sell for an owner, um, especially, in, and I don't want to invoke the name of Johnny Mansell here because they are nothing, nothing alike. Yeah. But but the non traditional quarterbacks like that are going to get oh my god maybe he's maybe he's like Manziel now obviously Manziel failed because he was a terrible person he's not a good human being um, aside from anything football related but the fact that he didn't play well football wise either doesn't help his case and he was he was significantly bigger than Kyler Murray um, he was he was five eleven and what two ten and it had um, two and, years and had two years. Right, the, the, the quarterback that I think of with the experience where you're um, Ryan Tannehill. When I saw him at Texas A&M, he was a wide receiver. Yep, um, I, I catching passes from Josh. Uh, 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 I can't think of John Johnson. Yeah, yep. and, and it, it didn't work. And and Miami has been trying and trying and trying to get him to be an NFL level quarterback. And there are times when he's good at it, but there are also times when you can see, oh yeah, that that guy played wide receiver in college, and it shows. He he only had that one year. And, uh, you know, that, that full commitment, being a quarterback, it, it goes so much beyond just throwing and knowing the playbook. There's so many intricacies and, and you know, reactions and, and you know, rea- functional reactive learning that you have to have. And if you don't have that experience, you're getting that on the job, and it's really hard to do that in the NFL when you got, you know, guys like Terrell Suggs chasing after you. That's, it's a scary proposition. So I, I, I worry – for Kyler Murray, I'm excited by him, but I'm also worried by him. But but then, what do you got after that? Oh, my God, the Drew Locke? Come on, he, he, he's he's Daniel Jones. All of the negatives, all of the negatives of Matthew Stafford without the high end positives. And people in Detroit, they don't they don't want Matt Stafford gone. They don't want to they want him waterboarded. They hate him here uh, by and large. He's he's I've never seen a player take more abuse from a fan base who's pretty good. Than, uh, than Matthew Stafford has, and Locke is a poor man's Matthew Stafford. You're going to take him in the number 10 overall, Denver? Good luck with that. Will Greer, come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just no. Daniel Jones? He's <laughs> Matt Castle 2.0. He's not a top 150 player on my board. If he goes to the first round, I will laugh. Oh, my goodness. There's so many bad quarterbacks that are getting pushed up, as it happens every year. But it seems like this year, this year actually reminds me of 2009, the Matthew Stafford year, when – um, and not comparing Matthew Stafford and Dwayne Haskins' games, but there was a clear-cut number one, and I think Haskins is a clear-cut number one. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you had a lot of questions. That, that was the year of Pat White. 
that was the year of uh, uh, not not many good players. <laughs> the bottom line, I don't think anybody's still in the league other than Stafford, uh, and wasn't for for some time. Uh, I, I see this class being like that class in terms of their NFL outcomes. Oh yeah, and by all means, uh, you know, take them, take them all with the top sixteen picks. Do everything you can. That'd be just fantastic for other teams. And the thing with Matt Stafford, I remember this from Week One last year, watching the Monday Night game against the Jets. Um, he literally got assaulted like seven or eight times and then seeing some Lions fans the next day I'm not sure about Matt Stafford really he got destroyed he got killed he got annihilated but the Jets the Jets knew the plays they didn't change the playbook they didn't change the verbiage the Jets of all teams in the first quarter of week one the Jets players knew from the alignment and the personnel package on the field and the down distance exactly what play was coming. It was like they had the Tecmo Bowl cheat code. Yes. There's <laughs> only four, so you can guess right 75% of the time. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, that, that, that's, that's for another time. But, yeah, that, that's uh, – uh, yeah, so th- th- this quarterback class, it, it's just so underwhelming, Jeff. I, I, I'm so happy that the Browns don't need a starting quarterback, that, that Baker Mayfield – so far and away, number one in this class. If you were in it too, um, there's just, there's no question about. It. Now, do you want to get a developmental quarterback late in the draft? Maybe. Uh, I'm not sure that I would do it in this draft. I think you're fine with with buying with Drew Stan for another year. Um, I'm I'm still partial to Brogan Roback. I know he's in with Pittsburgh now. Uh, God love you, Broby. Come back. <laughs> Fun away. Get out of there. Get out of there. Um, we're going to go, um, I'll just do this here. Um, obviously we spend a lot of time talking quarterbacks. Give me a running back, wide receiver, tight end, offensive lineman, guys that you're looking for that this could be a huge make or break weekend for them in this draft class. Yeah. Uh, running back, the, the, I'm, I'm very curious about Jacobs from, from Alabama. How He's does not he working look? out. He's oh, not working out. See that. Interesting, that, that, Jeff, right? That hurts. I'll give you a guy that I really like, um, that I've warmed to the more I've watched, and that's Devin Singletary out of Florida, Florida yeah. Atlantic. He's got some juice, man. That guy can that guy can really get after it. I, there's a lot of things that I like about him. Uh, I, I'm I'm partial to a couple other guys too, but he's 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 the guy that's really got my interest this weekend. Uh, I, I think he can make himself some serious money if if he flies the way that he did on tape. Uh, Henderson out of Memphis is sort of the same way. He's a little bit of a different style of back. I think he's another guy that's definitely worth watching this weekend. Again, though, the Browns, they're not in the market for a high-end running back. They have Nick Chubb. Uh, they have yep. Kareem Hunt. We'll see what happens with that. But, well, and and Nick Johnson's still there. So it's, yeah. Um, wide receivers, there's so many different styles of wide receiver. Do you want a big guy? Do you want a slot guy? Do you want a, you know, a, a, a sort of jack-of-all-trades guy? You get you all your things. Nikhil Harry uh, fascinates me because this is a guy he did not get open in college. Every one of his catches is contested. Now he's really, really good at it. He better be though. And he, if you didn't get open in college in the Pac-10 or Pac-12, whatever they call it now, you're not going to get open in the NFL. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see if he runs really well. He's going to rocket up boards. And I think I don't think he's as good as Alshon Jeffrey when Jeffrey came out. And uh, his career has been okay. But if he's the best receiver on your team, you're probably not doing all that well. <laughs> so he's a guy. Though that I think he's going to make himself a lot of money if he runs well, and, and I'm also fascinated, and, and just from a personal standpoint, DK Metcalf, dude, run without your shirt on, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, well, first things first. At our age, is put your shirt on, young man. Just put it on. Nobody wants to see my that God. 16 pack. Oh my goodness, he's ridiculous. Now, now the thing with him though, is he too muscled up? 
Will it hurt his agility? Will it hurt his flexibility? That, that type of thing. So, um, for, from my realm, as you know, Jeff, I played beach volleyball. In the beach volleyball world, if you look like that, we'd laugh at you because you we know it. that you can't bend. You don't have the agility. You don't have the flexibility that needed to play our sport. It's different in football, but there are some things where you do have to wonder, is he too rocked up? Remember David Boston at the end of his career? Yep. Now, obviously, he was juiced, so that, that had an impact on it, too. But he couldn't do things that he did when he was younger and lither, and I'm worried about that for Metcalf. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how he, he translates uh, with, with his athleticism and, and my God, he looks fantastic, but uh, will it work for football? Yeah, exactly. Are you going to look pretty when you're on the cover of the AFF or the XFL 2020 cover <laughs> programs? Um, but give me a tight end. Give me an offensive lineman before we switch it up. Tight ends. I, everybody talks about TJ Hawkinson. I'm curious about the other Iowa tight end, Noah Font. I don't think he gets enough love. Um, and I say Font. I know it's Fant. Um, we have a family friend whose name is Font, and I can't keep going back to that. Uh, he he's a guy who's a who he could be off the board by the time the Browns pick two. If he's not, uh, I don't think the Browns are looking tight end in the first round. And I don't think they should. Uh, not with Njoku on board and and some other viable options there. But my goodness, he's an interesting. Irv Smith out of Alabama is another guy. Um, if there's Lions fans who are cross listening to this, that's the guy I want in the second round for you right there. Um, uh, as for uh, offensive line. Man, Greg Little's fascinating to me. Uh, the the uh, I, I'm 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 a big fan of the interior line class. Chris yep. Lindstrom, uh, Garrett Bradbury, um, those are guys that I'm looking for. Um, one guy that I'll, uh, I'll I'll take as a late guy, a guy that I saw at both the Shrine Game and the Senior Bowl, Oli Udo from Elon got better yes. every single day in St. Pete. Got better every single day in Mobile. He has the build. He has the look of a guy who could be a dominant left tackle. He's coming from the FCS level, though, had mixed results. Uh, that, that's a guy that you take in the fourth or fifth or maybe even sixth round, depending on how well he tests this week. Stash him, see what you've got in the year, and hopefully that you've got something. That. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how he tests because he was one of the nicest human beings I've ever interviewed uh, down in St. Pete. Was, couldn't have been nicer, couldn't have been more polite. You know, called me sir, which just threw me off. Uh, yeah. So I, I like that. <laughs> Well, I, I, where did that point? I mean, and look, I mean, you know, for me, you know, and look, Jeff, you got a daughter. If they're going to come, sir, is what we're hoping for. You know, not, hey, dude. That's not what hey, what's up, dude? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. out. <laughs> Pitbulls, get him. Um, <laughs> yes, guys. Exactly. You are listening to Lockdown Browns. Um, guys, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter, Lockdown NFL Net. Um, they funnel all the information from all the hosts of the 32 team-specific uh, team shows, the fantasy shows, the draft shows, Matt Williams, uh, Matt Williamson show, everything through Lockdown NFL Net on Instagram or Twitter. Go ahead and make sure you're following over there, guys. Now, Jeff, we'll switch it over to the defensive side of the ball here. There is defensive line, and the Browns need a lot of it. This is a good, good, good class for that. Um, Highlight a pass rusher or two, some interior guys. Um, but th- there's still work to be done on this defense. And I think the 18 version took a step back from the 17 version. And th- the main core players are still in place. But there's still more needed. Yeah, there is. You're fine with Miles Garrett. He's obviously yeah, I think obviously. we're going to be okay. <laughs> I, had, we had jo- I had Joe Schobert on. And um, I wasn't going to bring up Miles Garrett. Joe did, and I was like, "Well, Joe, it's kind of unfair to keep bringing up Miles Garrett." But he's like, "No, we're going to talk a little. We're going to talk a little Miles Garrett." He's, he's he's a monster, and I think he's only going to keep getting better. 
and I, I like Larry Ogunjobi. I think those are two building block pieces. Emmanuel Ogba can play, but if he's your starting left left end and he's your number two pass rusher, you probably need an upgrade there. Now, Jannard Avery factors into that somewhere too. Yep. But in terms of you got to get somebody to play between Ogunjobi and Garrett. And that guy is not currently on the Cleveland Browns. Sorry, Trevon Coley. You're just not that guy. No Chad um, Thomas? No? It's not going to happen? No, I, I'll say this now. I will be surprised if Chad Thomas is on the Cleveland Browns in 2018. Chad Thomas is going to be DJing in Miami by, by Labor Day weekend. There's no doubt about that, it. That, that would not surprise me whatsoever. Um, and, and Coley has a spot. He, he can play, but he, he shouldn't be playing more than... The role that Carl Davis played last year, you know, getting eight to ten reps per game. Anthony Zettel um, on a good day when you're up by twenty. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, and, and is that guy there at seventeen? Uh, Christian Wilkins might be there. I, I tend to think we and the media are overhyping the way the NFL is going to see him. Uh, both those Clemson interior guys, uh, I, I think, are probably a little bit too trumped up, but they can play and they would certainly fit in Cleveland. Uh, I'm looking at guys, later guys, like. Dalen Mack is a guy, another guy who yep. earned a promotion from the Shrine game to the Senior Bowl. Uh, Texas A&M fans will think I'm crazy for saying this, but he looked phenomenal. He has the bubble that everybody wants, and he, he knows how to use it. He can blow off the line and, and make things happen. But he can also two-gap. He can also one-gap. You, you can do whatever you need to with him on the inside. He can work those tandems. Uh, he has familiarity with Garrett, believe it or not. They, they were there at the same yep. time once upon a time. So uh, that's a guy, I think he's probably a fourth round, maybe third round if he tests really well this weekend. It reminds me of Puna Ford last year, who was a combine stub but wound up playing really well for Seattle, um, and, and it's going to be starting for Seattle next year. I, I think he can be that kind of guy. There are guys to have throughout this draft who can help this defensive line, both inside and outside. Well, and that's part of it. And when you say when you say it about it is, is like you keep in mind that well, he's going to be the second guy to Larry Ogunjobi. That's going to make your life right. a lot, a lot easier. Um, now, we get to the linebacker position here, and you saw it when Joe was out. The running backs, tight ends just decimated him. And even when Joe Schobert came back, not 100%, they still couldn't chase the James Connors of the world. They still couldn't keep up with Christian McCaffrey. You need these run-chase linebackers, especially if you're going to be a team that's going to be ahead which is where we're hoping and what we're thinking this franchise is going to be, who's going to cover these five-yard outs that you you do not want turned into 15- to 20-yard plays? You need some linebackers who can do this type of stuff, Jeff. Yeah, you really do. And and I'll give you a guy, um, and it's funny because he, he's very similar to one of his old college teammates who's already in the team. Devin Bush from Michigan is that guy. Thank you! <laughs> now, the problem is you're probably going to have to take him at 17, and that's... I'll t- if, he, if he if he tests well enough this weekend, I think he's the better linebacker over Devin White. I don't think it's even close. I, I, he, oh, I I agree with that. Okay. Devin 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 White for me, um, and I I cover Jared Davis in Detroit. They are the exact same guy to me. And now Jared I Davis, think they were the same weeks. number. My God, that's scary. <laughs> the, the, you know, Davis had some weeks this year where he looked really really good, and it, you could tell why the Lions were excited about taking him in the first round a couple of years ago. But there were some other games where he, if he has more than one assignment on a play, he's too reactive to it. Um, he, he's too easily distracted from it. And I saw a lot of that with Devin White on tape, too. Devin Bush is not like that. Devin Bush, first off, he can blitz. Oh, my God. 
best A-gap blitzer in this in this class, no question about it. Now, the problem is, like Kyler Murray, he's small. He's a lot smaller than your typical. He's going to be 5'10 and a half, weigh about 220 pounds, and at least 10 pounds of that is hair. So you're looking at a guy who does not have the measurables that you want for the position. He's roughly the same size as Jabril Peppers. <laughs> what do you do with that? Uh, I, I think you, you find, hey, Steve Wilkes, make that work. And I think, I think Steve Wilkes can make Shaq it work. Shaq Thompson. Trust him. Shaq Thompson. Yeah, exactly. Shaq Thompson in round one. Exactly. And, and you know, if you want to go even deeper, Thomas Davis was bigger than that, but was yep. that style of player. At so, Georgia, uh, no I, doubt about I, it. I'm, yes, I'm excited about that that run, hit, chase kind of guy, and Devin Bush is the best guy in this draft at doing that. And you know, it, it, and I talk with his dad a lot, and and I still, and I'll be, it's it's funny because he had spurned Florida State, which everybody was shocked about, and his college career kind of went about the same route. Um, you know, Michigan, Florida State, they both kind of fizzled out. So whichever path he went, it certainly would have been probably the same result. Um, but but for that's what it, it, he will. Even with if he, even if he's a little bit off, it's a hundred million miles an hour makes the play. And Jeff, we always love those guys that you know, like Jyrie Alexander. They're gonna let you know what's going on. Every defense needs a mouthy guy. Um, yeah. Safety. I'm not sure how it's gonna play out, but that might not be a major need. But the way this worked out last year, cornerback wise, you know, they brought in a bunch of guys, but. Week in, week out, it was, well, this guy's out this week. He's out for three weeks. This guy's out for three weeks. This guy's out for three weeks. Um, and even Denzel Ward. Somebody's got to be brought in here pretty significantly early. Just because you can't say we got four or five guys. That's great because on game day, it came down that you had two or three guys. Um, it's an interesting class. Um, you, you had brought up, you know, you had mentioned earlier, son's traveling somewhere near Lansing. There's a guy in East Lansing I like. But this is a... You know, cornerback class is interesting, and I think up top in maybe the first two rounds is where the bread and butter is. They need they need another guy minimum, if not two. Yeah, and I still want a physical guy. And uh, you know, Denzel Ward is very good, but can he stay healthy? Can he learn to tackle well, without being, leaving with his head? Well, but him being physical is what's doing the damage here. I mean, you can't, you know, understand you're a little light. Don't go up against a 250-pound tight end from the Cincinnati Bengals and get your clock right. Cleaned. Yeah. So there, there's some – I'm looking at more physical, bigger bigger stature yes. cornerbacks in this draft. And one of the guys that I like, really like, and you brought up Justin Lane from Michigan State. He's a good one. Um, and, and I am partial to him because he spells his last name L-A-Y-N-E, which is how my son spells his name. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. Oh, so um, a jersey for he, him, a jersey for my daughter and Jannard Avery. Now we're getting somewhere, Jeff. There you go. That, that's right. We, it's, it's kismet, baby. Uh, <laughs> he, and he can play. And I think, I think a lot of the draft media is catching on that this guy probably wasn't used in the best role that he could have been for the Spartans this year, which is odd because normally they're a very, normally a very well-coached team. But uh, – I'll go to another Spartan defensive back who came out a couple of years ago and was undervalued, Monte Nicholson. Before he got in trouble with Washington, he was a really good value player. I think Justin Lane can be that same type of guy who's a better pro than he was in college because they're asking him to do things that are more suited to what he does than what the Spartans did. So I, I like him a lot in those middle rounds. I like Amari, o- Oru- uh, Amari Oruwarie. I said it right, finally. As a pe- as a Big guy who can press on the outside. He can, he, now, he, he plays a little soft in tackling sometimes. He's got the effort there. I think he's the guy who can match up with your 
Uh, we talked about Alshon Jeffrey earlier. If, if Nikhil Harry winds up somewhere, he's a guy who can who can who can blast those guys and deal with them. And I, I, I like him. Seventeen's uh, a little too high, but if he's there in in the second round or God forbid the third round, if he doesn't run well, uh, he's a guy to look at. I'll give you a guy if DeAndre Baker falls out of the first round, and he might because he's probably going to run in the four fives, and that's just going to be too slow for a lot of teams. That guy can play, and if you don't ask him to guard these speedster guys, if you can switch him in, you know, move him around, uh, and have him match up against the bigger receivers, my God, you've got to steal for yourself in Cleveland in the second round there. Now, interesting, and it's and this is the best part because now you know, pro days and you know guys like you guys like me, we don't put much into it unless we don't have any information leading up to the pro days. So this is kind of like, and it's always the checking the boxes. This is kind of like, well, you started your journey here, and now maybe you're closing it. And it's fun to see it because, for me, you want to see what comes from guys when you're around your peers. Like, who's going to separate? Who's going to be? Who's going to show up and be a little bit of an alpha? And that's the best part about this. Oh, yeah. It's, it's always fun to see the interactions between the players. Um, I'll go back to the Combine in was it, 2013 when Lane Johnson showed up as a offensive tackle. And I was not high on him coming out of Oklahoma. I didn't like his tape. I actually liked Tyrus Thomas better. Or Tyrus Thompson, uh, their, their left tackle at the time. He was their right yep. tackle. Um, and I'm like, I don't get it. Why is this guy being trumped as a, a top five pick? And I saw the way he handled himself around the other players. Like, oh, okay, now, now I see what the Scots are talking about. Now I get it. Uh, and you, you see that every year with, with people. Um, uh, there's uh, who's the linebacker that, that wolfed all the time? Sean Witherspoon was a guy never nonstop, nonstop talk. Boston was another guy like that that you saw that probably talked a better game than he played, but you could see that the other players respected it so much that okay, yeah, I, I kind of believe it, and they wound up having good NFL careers out of being you know, that <laughs> nonstop chatter guy. Um, it annoys me personally as a player. Um, I, w- I was somebody who was, I, I tend to be very quiet, uh, or I'm talking friendly with the guys that I'm playing with, but uh, <laughs> you know, it, a lot of players are fired up by having you know the, the woofer. Well, you need that. You need it because not everybody does it. For me, like, and that was it was the thing. When I played, it was like, all right, well, I did my job or whatever. I wasn't in it. But when you had that guy around you, it was just like, all right, now it's personal. It's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa all right, we're all going to take it up a notch. Okay, we're good. We're in it. All right, yeah. No problem, and you know you thrive off of those type of guys, and it feeds it. And even if you're getting your butt kicked or you're kicking butt, it's like, all right, we're still going to stand out here. All right, we're going to pretend we're up seventy, even though we're down thirty. All right, dude, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. You got me back focused, but uh, it's fun. And guys, the combine is for me. I prefer the combine over the senior bowl. That's playing ball, but this is this is it now. This is the ultimate job interview. And, you know, these guys will, you know, and God bless these big fellas because they'll run the last 40s of their lives. Um, Jeff, I'll just let you go with the, uh, we'll, we'll close up with this one. Who runs the fastest 40 in Indy? i got to go with Andy Isabella. Yeah. <laughs> He's, uh, if the he, he won the state, Ohio State track title in the 60 meters. Um, he told us in, in the Senior Bowl, uh, in, the, in the media session there, that uh, he ran a 4-2-7 hand-timed, He's been laser timed at four three three. He said, "Randy Moss ain't going to let you lie. Randy Moss right. is not. He would have called him out on Twitter if he lied. That's yep, why I feel Isabella is probably the guy." He said, "The slowest time he's run in training when he's really gone at it is four three seven. 
<laughs> that's your slowest. Good, Poor son of a gun. Good, good lord. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna do it. He's an interesting prospect. He's a guy that I think is gonna get a lot of media attention this week because you don't see a lot of white small white dudes that can run that fast. So I think he's gonna. And he's, he's actually he's, for that. he's actually pretty built pretty well. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, oh, he's, not, he's not a small guy. He's no. short. He's not small. He's short. Yes. Yeah. So you know, pretty pretty built for his frame. Can play inside and out. Uh, obviously, we've covered Andy Isabel a lot here, um, guys. Jeff Risden, whether it is Browns wire, whether it is Lions weather, whether wire, whether it is real GM football, a lot of work. Uh, make sure you follow Jeff and all his work. I'm sure you guys probably are. Um, the Locked On Browns podcast. Uh, we keep the Twitter account, a follow back account. Always go ahead and follow. We will follow you right back. Um, DMs, anything you want, send them over. If you're afraid to ask it on Twitter, send it that way. We always answer a bunch of them that way. Me personally, at Jeff LJ. I'm sorry, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Go ahead and follow over there. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Until we talk to next time, guys. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.